There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you old enough to remember the good old days when Bitcoin was like the crazy speculative play? Like if you wanted to get a thousand percent return or a hundred percent return in like a few months, you went to Bitcoin. And you had to be careful because Bitcoin could swing violently up. It could swing violently down. The thing was just crazy. You know, what goes up must come down. I think that only applies to gravity. I'm not really sure. But either way, on today's show, for the first time ever, we are going to talk Bitcoin and just Bitcoin, the godfather of cryptos. Yes, there are a couple thousand, I think 17 or 18,000 altcoins out there that we could talk about, but they're really just riding the coattails of Satoshi Nakamoto. If you don't know who Mr. Nakamoto is, you will soon enough, because on today's show, we talk Bitcoin. You are listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. With the craziness of COVID and inflation and the central bank reactions all around the world raising rates, the overreaction and the crazy amount of money pouring into the AI stocks, it seems the market is acting like Bitcoin is the level-headed investment in 2023. I mean, just listen to these numbers that have happened this year. Tell me, this doesn't sound like crypto from a couple years ago. Google is up over 40% year-to-date. Apple up 55%. Meta, the stock that I actually thought might be left for dead. I was like, Zuckerberg has lost it. He doesn't know what's going on. Well, he gave up on the Metaverse, even though he changed his companies to the name Meta. And Meta is up 150% year-to-date. NVIDIA, the humble chip maker and somehow the darling of the AI investment right now, is up over 222% in the first six and a half months of the year. These may sound like meme stocks or crazy altcoins, but these are some of the largest publicly traded companies in the world. These are the blue chips, the makeup of the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. Then you toss in some crazy negative returns we've seen in this year. I'm talking SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, went from $333 a share in February to bankrupt by spring. The regional banking index here in the States is ticker symbol KRE. It fell 33% in under a month. And these are some of the largest investments in America. This isn't AMC. This isn't GameStop. These aren't the people aping out. These are huge companies skyrocketing up and skyrocketing down. So blue chips are acting like meme stocks in both directions. Meanwhile, Bitcoin, perceived as the crazy speculation play, is just steadily chipping away. It's gaining at a somewhat moderate pace, I guess. Maybe not so moderate. Moderate for Bitcoin, we'll say. Bitcoin, as of mid-July, is in the $30,000 range. 
making its year-to-date performance 79%. And obviously moderate is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. 79% is not a lot, but it's also not out of the ordinary for Bitcoin. Eh, Investor action isn't a fair word. People who hold Bitcoin like to be called hodlers. The people who hold through thick and thin, diamond-handed, as they live through the volatility more than once. They've seen volatility cycles come. They've seen volatility cycles go. Michael Saylor is one of those such individuals. He is the CEO of MicroStrategies, which is the largest publicly traded company that owns Bitcoin. In fact, MicroStrategies owns, get this, 152,333 Bitcoin. That is a current market value of around $30,000 per coin. So total that up, it's $4.6 billion with a B in U.S. dollars or $6.7 billion Australian. That is a whole lot of money invested in a very volatile investment. Well, here's a clip from Michael Saylor on his most recent earnings call for MicroStrategies explaining why he owns so much Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin itself uh, is is our belief that Bitcoin is the ultimate digital scarcity network. And because Bitcoin has been moving up about 50% a year on average over the last three years, the real key with Bitcoin is just to be able to hold on to it and stomach the volatility. And we have conditioned our shareholders and our bondholders uh, to understand that we're long-term hodlers. And because everybody is aligned in that interest, we're able to weather that volatility and we end up uh, doing very, very well as Bitcoin recovers. So let me talk about my own Bitcoin experience, particularly this year. I've been in and out of Bitcoin a bit. I was really more of an Ethereum guy. You may have heard me talk about I mined Ethereum for some years. But I'm really just, I'm trying to take things easy. If you know my investment strategy, you know that I like the passive index kind of based. And I'm, I'm making the case, I guess, to myself that Bitcoin is that passive index play for the crypto market. So this year when Bitcoin was 16000 or so, I was following a particular investor with a thesis that they thought Bitcoin was going to hit 13000 per coin. So I went into my particular exchange, my centralized exchange, and I said, I want to buy Bitcoin if it falls to $13,500. Well, it never got that low. And now it's sitting around $30,000 per coin. And yes, I'm a little bit sour. I'm finding in myself, I'm putting too much downside fear into my investing. You know, I've got these smaller satellite investments outside of my standard dollar cost averaging into the market. And every time I have these little satellite things like buying a Bitcoin, I'm trying to time the market so perfect. And it's costing me. In this case, it's costing me a lot. I could have just bought Bitcoin at 16000 and it would be at 30000 and I'd be very happy with almost doubling my money in a few months. Anyway, enough about me. Michael Saylor. Dude just keeps buying. Maybe he should be my my Bitcoin hero, because he just keeps buying and buying. He actually has this quote that I heard doing some research for this episode. Uh, He said in 2013 that Bitcoin was this thing for crazy people. Yeah, I mean, he's a smart guy. He, He owns a software company, and he uses the money from the software company to buy Bitcoin because the software is a cash cow, as he says. 
And he uses the cash from that to pay down the debts for the company and then buy more Bitcoin. So in 2013, 10 short years ago, he says that Bitcoin's for the crazies. It's for people that's really speculative. He hadn't put the information together. He hadn't done his own research. And he's like, it's, it's just a waste. And Bitcoin was like $730 at the time. Well, around $13,000 per coin, he sees the light, if you will, and he becomes a hodler. He starts buying at $13,000. He is bought from $13,000 cost himself all the way up to $69,000. And then it's been dollar costs himself down to the $16,000 range again. He has a particular thesis for Bitcoin. He thinks it's going to hit $100,000 per coin in the near future, probably after the next halving. And then he thinks it has a potential to hit $1 million in my lifetime, which I'm hoping is another 50 years or so. This has caused many people on the internet to call him crazy. But guess what? Even if he is close to being right, if he is in the near vicinity of his target, he will be an insanely rich man, even though he already is, according to my terms. Anyway, that is the here and now about Bitcoin. Let's talk about what is Bitcoin? Where did Bitcoin come from? Why does Bitcoin even exist? Bitcoin is a digital currency, which is supposed to change and do away with problems that we have with buying things online. When we started buying things online, we think the system is pretty good, but really it's not all that great. Everything we buy today has to go through a bank or a credit card company who take a cut of that transaction and then we have to rely on that company. We have to give them our trust that they will do everything correctly. And even if they do everything correctly, we have to think that they're being very secure with our data. And as you know, every other month, it seems like, maybe every other day, there's a hacker breaking into a very large company. Whether it's Target or MasterCard or you know whatever, somebody's always trying to hack and get your data. So there's all these people trying to work out how to have a payment system without that middleman. But then there's another problem. How do you solve the point of showing someone you have the money to pay for it? You right now get on Visa, you pull your Visa out and you go to Amazon.com or wherever you're buying things and you digitally swipe your card and Visa is saying, yes, this person has the money and Amazon is saying, yes, I accept that type of money. And there you go. This is called the double spending problem. To solve this, in 2008, a solution was offered by an anonymous programmer going by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. And Nakamoto left a paper on a popular cryptography blog, which he posed the system of currency that solves all of these double spending problems. His proposal was that instead of a bank or a credit card company recording every transaction in one central ledger, all the users would record all the transactions at the same time, and as a result, any attempt to fool the community would be notified and the payment would be rejected. There's no one government or one old man controlling the flow, and the result is a cheaper, quicker, easier way to spend money across national borders. This is Bitcoin. And within months of the proposal, it was being used to buy and sell goods, although not always of the uh, most upstanding citizens. Many of us know that Bitcoin in the early days was uh, used on the now shut down Silk Road website. Seemed like a lot of shady characters were involved in the early days. But now it's gained natural publicity. It's 
you can buy a house with it. I've got a real estate friend here in Columbus, Ohio, and he has done three transactions this year where someone used Bitcoin or Ethereum to purchase their house. You can basically use Bitcoin to make any purchase you need. So let's talk Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin, as I said, in 2008, because it was during the global financial crisis. He had lost faith in the banking system, and he created it totally anonymously. Satoshi Nakamoto is his alias. We don't actually know who this person is or if it's only one person. He created Bitcoin. He released it to the world on the cryptography website, and boom, kind of vanished. His last communication was in 2011 in an email to some of the developers working on Bitcoin. He says, quote, I have moved on to other things. It is in good hands with Gavin and everyone. And just like that, he vanished. Because we, I mean, he'd always been vanished. We never really knew who he was in the first place. In 2014, people started guessing that it was this man, Japanese engineer, Dorian Nakamoto. They said he's truly the real Satoshi Nakamoto. But this man denied all allegations. And he said he'd never actually even heard of Bitcoin. But listen to this. The very first person to ever mine a Bitcoin was a guy named Hal Finney. And Hal Finney, turns out, only lives a few blocks from the Japanese engineer Dorian Nakamoto. What are the odds that the first person to ever mine one Bitcoin lives right down the street from the person who might be Satoshi Nakamoto? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting indeed to all my armchair conspiracy theorists, which I am slightly one of them. That's Satoshi. This episode isn't on Satoshi. This episode is on Bitcoin. That's the quick start basic facts of Bitcoin. After this quick break, we're going to go over some of the investment cases for Bitcoin. We're going to dig into whether we should be adding Bitcoin as a small piece of our investing pie. And I've got a few interesting facts that I have found very enticing. We'll talk about those right after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, welcome back. Let's talk Bitcoin having. Because as a trader of Bitcoin or as an investor, a hodler, a diamond hander, you need to understand having. One of the most pivotal events on the Bitcoin blockchain is a halving, and that's when the reward of mining is cut in half. As of 2023, network participants who validate transactions are awarded 6.25 Bitcoin for each block they successfully mined. Let's not get lost in the verbiage. Let's just keep going. 
6.25 Bitcoin for each block successfully mined. The next halving is expected to occur either April or May 2024, and when the block reward will then fall to 3.125. Over time, the impact of halving will diminish as the block reward approaches zero. And rather than bore you with the Bitcoin blockchain mining and all the things I could yak on and on and on about, let's just talk about the things that relate to having. Here are some key takeaways. A Bitcoin halving event occurs when the reward for mining Bitcoin transactions are cut in half. Halvings reduce the rate at which new coins are created, thus lowering the amount of new supply. Bitcoin last halved May 11th, 2020, resulting in a block down what I just said to 6.25. And the halving is expected to occur until 2140, when the number of all Bitcoins circulating will reach the maximum supply, which is important because the deflationary investment, there will be a maximum supply of 21 million Bitcoin. The bottom line is this, Bitcoin halving cuts the rate at which new Bitcoins are released into circulation. The reward system is expected to continue to again 2140, when the 21 million finally will be mined and there will be no more Bitcoin in the world. In 2009, the reward for each Bitcoin was 50 Bitcoin. Could you imagine mining 50 Bitcoin? After the first halving, it was down to 25, then to 12 and a half, and now we're at 6.25. And then again, next year in 2024, we think it's going to go to 3.125. Bitcoin halving has major impacts on the network, and the miners get paid less, and yada, 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 yada. So what does this mean for you as a potential investor? Well, looking at the historical Bitcoin charts, which I always like to look at all charts, a Bitcoin bull run begins, listen to this, a Bitcoin bull run begins 500 days after a halving. So 500 days or so before the next scheduled halving is historically a good time to buy Bitcoin. It's when things are consolidating. After the first halving of Bitcoin, which we talked about 2009, Bitcoin went up after 455%. Then you consolidate and you're flat for 500 or so days. Then the next halving happens and you guessed it, it goes up. After the second halving, Bitcoin went on a bull run of 1,432%. Then it's flat or in the investment world consolidated. And then 500 days before the next halving, the bull run starts and up 462%. Right now, we are in that 500-day consolidation window. We saw Bitcoin get up to $69,000 per coin. It then fell down, and now it's kind of in this choppy, flat consolidation period because we're in that 500 or so day window. So if the next halving happens May 2024, it could be a decent time. If you've been looking to get into Bitcoin, if you've been talking about investing in Bitcoin, in the next three, six, nine months might be a great time to start doing a dollar cost average position into Bitcoin as we're in that 500-day window, which historically has proven to be a good time to buy Bitcoin. The next fun fact about Bitcoin, there are some perceptions that Bitcoin is kind of like, you know, it's the boring crypto out there. It's like the big one. I already talked about maybe it's like the index of the Bitcoins. And maybe you've missed all the opportunity. You've, you've missed that 1,400% uh, Bitcoin run. And, you know, guys, there's these stories of people buying the coins at $100 and they cashed out at 69000 per coin and they're, they're Bitcoin millionaires. And now there's all these little altcoins. And maybe you need to buy the altcoins because those are the ones with the crazy runs that are available. 
Well, in 2017, Bitcoin had a 51% market share of all cryptocurrencies, and there were 5,000 altcoins at the time. Now, in 2023, there are 17,000 altcoins. So there's 12,000 more altcoins, but guess what? Bitcoin still has a 51% market share. And that's because large institutions like BlackRock and Fidelity and TD and all those other big boys are buying into Bitcoin right now. They're not buying into the altcoins. They're buying into Bitcoin. And when big money gets into something, crazy things can happen. So I don't think we're past all the large performance yet. Here's another interesting one. I think we'll wrap up here. Bitcoin has a clear performance trend. Listen to this. These are the past performance of Bitcoin in the trend. 2011, Bitcoin was up. 2012, up. 2013, up. 2014, down. So three ups, one down. You may pick up on a trend here. 15, up. 16, up. 2017, up. 2018, down. Three ups and a down. 2019, up. 2020, up. 2021, up. 2022, down. And so far, in 2023... We are up. So you've got three up years and a down year. You've got three up years and a down year. You've got three up years and a down year. And so far in 2023, we are keeping the trend continuing. So it's possible if trends continued, we'd have two more years of up. 24 would be up. 25 would be up. 26 would be down. Listen, these are just past performance. And we know past performance doesn't guarantee what's going to happen. We can't look at the past and say, this is definitely what's going to happen. Crypto is a very speculative play. But there are a lot of smart people who do not wear tinfoil hats that are investing in it. There's lots of huge institutions starting to invest in it. So if you have some spare fiat currency and a strong stomach, maybe a 1% or less than a 1% investment in your investable dollars might be a decent idea for Bitcoin. But this show is about me researching the markets to try to bring you new ideas. So here is one of the investors, one of the whales in Bitcoin. This man currently has over a thousand Bitcoin to his name. His name is Kevin Leary from the investor show Shark Tank. And let's give him the last word about investing in Bitcoin. My question to you is for a beginner, what would you say is the best way to make money with crypto? You know, to start small. Um, Crypto requires a little education, and I think everybody, doesn't matter who you are, should basically get a centralized and decentralized wallet so you understand what the difference is, mm -hmm. and then put in 200 bucks, and you'll lose it. That's what's going to happen, but you'll, you'll figure out. <laughs> put in 200 bucks, and you're going to lose it. That's going to happen. But obviously, he kept with it. But I think the point is, don't expect just because you buy something because somebody on the radio or a podcast or the internet said to do it. Start small dollar cost average and invest where you're comfortable thanks for joining us today you've been listening to my millennial investor the show where i search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas market trends and income streams so you don't have to i'm your host nick bradley we'll see you next week This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license.